0: All right, welcome to another episode, Sales Hustlers. Uh, Today I've got with me Devin Miller. Um, He's a patent attorney for startups and small businesses uh, who's also founded several seven and eight figure startups. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how not to lose the personal touch while still using technology to make things more efficient. And uh, we'll see where it goes. So, Devin, thanks so much for coming on the show today.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to be here and appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, so before we jump into the tactical stuff, um, and just give us sort of the short version, you know, kind of a of your story um and kind of how it all started and maybe tell us a little bit about this these seven and eight figure, you know, startups that you've been a part of.
1: Sure. And that's that That sounds like a short question. So I'll try to keep it a, a bit shorter. Yeah. So um I end up or quick background, so I end up getting four degrees, which my wife always says is three degrees too many. So electrical engineering, man. <laughs> Mandarin Chinese, um, MBA or masters of business administration, and then a law degree. So I kind of, um, every time I did a degree, I just figured I might as well do two at the same time to, to get uh, more bang for my buck. So, um, with that, you know, I, I started, uh, I, I, I have two passions. One is I love startups, small businesses. The other is I love law and doing intellectual property. Um, and so that's kind of where both of my passions have always lie, line. And then I've, uh, Put those together to make a fun career. Um, but seven, eight figure businesses. So I've done a couple. One was when I it was started with a business competition when I was in MBA school, started with some other business partners. It was for wearables before wearables are cool. This was before Fitbit or before Apple Watch or any of those started out as hydration monitoring. Now it's uh, evolved into non invasive uh, glucose monitor. So that one's, uh, I think that one actually is now a nine figure business. I used to, I used to say eight figure business. Um, and then another or a couple of them been, I do a product development uh, company to help start out small businesses, develop products Do my own law firm, do a a SaaS company, as well as a religious product. So I like to split split it across a a lot of different industries.
0: Yeah, either you just uh, love to to burn at both ends or or you get bored (laughs) easy. What is it?
1: (laughs) Probably a little bit of both. So I always <laughs> like to joke that, uh, when everybody asks me what my hobby is, it's startups. And so that, that's tend to, if, if my, if I have free time, if I'm sitting there th- or have, you know, just let my mind wander, it ends up uh, generally wandering towards startups and business ideas and that. And then I start to start a business around it.
0: Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of people that are idea people like yourself. You know, it seems like you have a lot of ideas, but a lot of people lack, you know, execution and driving revenue. So, what are some of the things that you've done to to drive revenue for for these businesses, and and maybe you know share some of the things that are working for you today or have worked in the past?
1: Yeah, and one of them is probably one that you hit on kind of as the intro and a little bit of what we want to talk about. And automation is one where I I'm a big proponent of it now. There is a absolutely bad, bad or well-deserved black eye as far as automation in the sense that most time when I think of automation or most others, people think, well, I call up customer service and I got hit one for this, hit two for this, hit three for this. And then I go through this and I do that about five times. And then I get to somebody at the other end and they say, well, I can't help you. Let me transfer you. To and then you get disconnected and then it starts all over. And that's, you know, that's most people's exposure to automation or they get a, uh, inbox full of junk mail all the time. They're getting spammed. And so those are both terrible experiences, well-deserved black eye. But I think one of the things that I focus on a lot of our business is how to automate things so that you can increase the human touch as opposed to remove it. And that's a lot of times where I think it goes astray is when you go... When you remove the human touch, all of the, all is left is with automation and everybody hates that. But if you can use automation as a way to increase the ability to have human touch at certain points that make sense and offload the rest, then you're able to get that balance where you're not spending so much time that you can't ever afford it and you can, it's taking it's so time consuming. On the other hand, you're not making it so that nobody likes it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about this human touch, right? So how do you incorporate human touch? into your you know technologies that you're using to automate some of these processes to drive revenue
1: yeah i mean so a lot of times i look at and say okay are, are there places that we're repeatedly sending out the same emails because it's the same clients and need the same information every time and in that sense i think you should do automated emails or you should figure out a way to Largely reduce it. So we'll have, you know, we use a, a CRM. It has triggers. That, hey, once they do, you know, as an example, when they schedule, and i always use the law yeah. firm as an example because it's an easy. When they schedule a strategy meeting and they come in, they'll, they'll go out, fill out a short form, grab a day and time that sets it up for human touch. But in the meantime, we also have, after they schedule, they'll get an, an email that says, here are the things that we're gonna go over. Here's some useful information to prepare for the meeting. So it's as efficient as possible. That's all automated. Then we get on, we have human touch. And we we talk, to, you sit down, we have a Zoom or an in-person that, you know, because we already did a lot of that prep work ahead of time, that was automated. But now we get a much more tailored focused meeting to where it's not a 45 minute meeting call, it's a 15 minute call. And so we can do a, we're not either saying, oh man, every time I do a meeting, it's got to be 45 minutes to an hour i don't have enough time in the day to do all those meetings so you can cut down your time but you did it because of automation so you can still have that human touch and then another one is you know now how do you do follow-up you know and follow-up is the bane of existence for a lot of people because oh i hate follow-up and do i do a phone call or do i do a text message or do i do an email and email is easiest so i'll just do an email even though most people don't want to read their emails anymore and so we looked at it and you know opting in say do you want a text? Do you want an email? Do you want a call? And if they want a call, then we'll give them a call. Or if they want a text or an email, then we'll do it automated. And so we try and kind of flavor in where it makes sense to say, are we doing things repetitive such that we don't need human touch? And where are the places that people want to talk to a human or interact with a human? And let's make sure we free up our time so we can do those areas.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. I like. I really like the idea of you know letting them opt in on the channels that they want to right? Because every person's different. Like me, I prefer a text. It's just simple. It's easy. If I'm on my computer, if I'm on my phone, I can read it. I can respond. If I'm doing something else that works for me. Some people think that's disruptive. I don't want you texting me, right? That's for my friends and my family, right? And others prefer email. For me, you know, I don't need more junk in my email. I have too much, right? And so, and then it also comes down to like, who are you? What do you do? That's going to depend on what email I'm going to give you as well, right? And, and so I like the idea of figuring out, hey, what channel do you prefer? So yeah, we're going to hit you there, and uh, and then you know we're going to hit certain triggers and things like that to to drive the communication. Um, but we're also going to show up as well, you know, when needed and have that be more efficient by using these tools. Uh, how about on social media, LinkedIn? I think that's a you know big topic. Tons of people using automation on LinkedIn. Tons of people against it. Some people for it. LinkedIn obviously knows it's a problem. You used to be able to invite a hundred people a day. Now you can only invite 100 a hundred people a week, which is a huge change to try to cut down on some of this automation.
1: Yeah, I mean, in fair transparency. We use some automation on LinkedIn, but where I think that the problem has is, is become on LinkedIn is not some of the automation. It's that people are just using it as a, computer, a pure sales pitch. In other words, just say, "Hey, I've got this great thing." buy it from me. Or, hey, I've got this great thing. Or, you know, you get even the worst ones where like, I checked out your profile and it looks like we got a common connection or it looks like we got something in common, we should connect. And you know, as soon as you accept that, then the next very next email or the message you're gonna get is, well, I've been in this industry, and it seems like when I looked at your website that you could use some help here. And it's terrible because it doesn't offer any value. It's a pure hard sales pitch. What we've done is a lot of times we try and offer just the opposite. So we'll do outreach, but first of all, it's targeted as to people we think will actually want and need our service. And then a lot of times it's more of, hey, I'd like to offer you, you know, as an example so I, I do a podcast as well yeah. and we'll say hey I'd like to just have you come on come on to our podcast we've got an audience we love to share and we usually will work yeah. with a lot of startups and entrepreneurs and that and say we'd love to share or share your journey about an entrepreneur journey about how you got to where you're at let us give you some more exposure let us help you tell your story that's it that's all we do and then they say well that sounds great you know now they're offering value not asking him to buy anything not asking him to do anything I'm just saying let me give you some value and then if you if you need help on some of the things as, you get, as we Get to know each other, I'm happy to help. If you don't, I'm just offering you value. Yeah. And I think that that's where LinkedIn can be used well and that that wouldn't be such a turnoff and wouldn't be a, a detriment. But because so many people have just made it as, as a hard sales pitch, cold call, I'm just going to pitch it as hard as I can and, and, and play the numbers game, that has become that issue. Yeah, no,
0: I, you're speaking my love language now. Um, you, you just, you just, you obviously know the secret sauce, right? And so, I mean, the, the, the most important thing to drive revenue for, for any business is, is, is building the right relationships, right? And so if you can, if you can use tools to help you build more of those relationships, and, and I love the fact that you you know mentioned a podcast, right? So you're, you're being specific about the types of people that you are having on your podcast and you're leading with value by you know inviting them on, on your platform to tell their story. People love talking about themselves, of course, right? And you're not asking for right. anything. And there's some people that are doing this wrong and ruining it too because I've I've been on a lot mm-hmm. of podcasts and there's I've been on podcasts where it's 15 minutes rapid fire questions and then they try to sell me something right after. It's like, what are you doing? Yep. Um, and, and, and actually, that's what gave me this idea about uh, about a year and a half ago. I was like, that's actually a really good idea. It was just really poor execution, you know?
1: And I see that. A ton. It's like, if you just, it's a good, it has a, a nugget of a good idea too. And then they just do it horribly. And it's like, even that I'm like, well, if it doesn't add any value, if all it is, is you can tell us a rapid fire, just get as quickly through a podcast, you know, we do a pre-interview. And it's, it's beneficial on both ends. We do a pre-interview that we'll chat for a few minutes, get to know the person, talk about any questions they have about the podcast, what their, what their journey is It establishes that relationship, which is good because you have a better rapport makes for a better podcast. And it also, they get to know in a more, familiar with you such that now they're not just, you know, it's not just a cold rapid fire and then we'll interweave in there and say, okay, now, if you like to talk about intellectual property, we have a bonus question at the end of our podcast. I'm happy to talk about it. No pressure. I don't care if you do it. If you have questions, it's always fun for me to chat about it. If not, then we'll do the normal podcast. And then I'll, I'll all I'll do is say, if you ever need to talk with me, here's a link to get a hold of me. And that's it. And then they know what I do. We've established a relationship and they go on. But so many people just want to cut right yeah. to let's pitch it, let's sell it and let's do it, or do it as, you go by the numbers game, which is, again, it removes that human. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and so, and, and there's nothing wrong with this, right? I mean, if you're being strategic about the types of people that you ask on your show that, you know, are somewhat similar to the types of people that, you know, you work with, that's a really smart move. And, and, and ultimately people remember how you make them feel right. If they Mm -hmm. come on your show And it's a great experience and you ask them for nothing, pretty good chance at some point, they're going to want to know more about what you do and how you might be able to help them. Right. And and there's a lot of things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's an interesting example. So a few minutes before we jumped on this podcast, I had somebody that was on the show and they were probably on six, seven months ago, something like that. So a while ago, and they called up and said, hey, I was talking with a friend at the gym and he was having this legal issue and I was trying to think of anybody in my network and, you know, I was driving along and I thought, oh, well, maybe, yeah. you know, Devin would be able to help her or IP law, you know, just one of those where, planted a seed, made the connection. They knew what I did. I didn't push them. I wasn't going to hard sell them because I think that that turns everybody off because they then they leave with the impression, I hate them. I'm never going to use them. And if you just say, Hey, I'm going to add value when you need me, I'm happy to help. If you don't need me, no problem. And that, it, but it was just interesting. Just that very thing happened a few minutes before this podcast. Yeah, no,
0: I, I love that. I love that. I'm a big component of, of using a podcast to build relationships with the right people. And you know, it, it, it going back to just delivering a good experience, which you clearly did in that example, where he, re, you know, from a podcast episode that you did six, seven months ago, when somebody needed what you do, you were the first person that he thought of. And I think everybody in sales, you know, a lot of people think I gotta be a thought leader, I gotta be a founder, I gotta be C-level to start a podcast and I disagree. If you're trying to build relationships in whatever role that you're in, a podcast makes a lot of sense. It's a lot easier to get access to people when you're leading with value asking them on your show and you can do it. You know, it doesn't have to be super fancy. If you don't have the budget for that, there's ways to, you know, do it yourself and kind of hack it together and still kind of have the similar, you know, same effect. You know, as long as you're making it simple and easy for them to say, yes, you know, you're not, you know, asking for a lot, you know, you're, you're, you're really listening to what they're saying and asking good questions and being curious. That all is part of the recipe of like delivering a good experience
1: no and I completely agree you know and I don't always think you know some people they're not in they don't you know po- we use podcast an example because like I tend to love yeah. that and enjoy it but some people oh I don't want to be on video I don't want to do recording I don't like the way I sound. But you know another great example somebody else I follow that they do a podcast but they also they have a book yeah. club and it's it's for business but they do a book club where they get together once a month where they talk about a book that everybody's been reading you get to talk with other people provides value it's an again it's that value add that oh all we're doing is a book club these are cool business books you can hear what other people think what they learned about it. Nothing necessarily to do with their business, although it gets people together that are going to be people that you can help sell with. So I think it's that: add the value first, give it to them, and provide that human touch. Make establish a relationship, and then everything. Yeah, else
0: follows. yeah, absolutely. I love that you gave another example. You know, book club, networking meeting. You know, maybe a little community in some sort of. You know, uh, Slack or Discord, whatever, just somewhere where you can add value with people that are the type of people that you want to build relationships with to drive revenue for whatever you do. And the key is to give and let them ask.
1: Yeah, and I think that's even what—that's what drove Clubhouse for a long time. And you heard that for a long time, and then it's, I think it's still around. I, I'm on an Android, so I never got a join, so I only really got a. They—they have—they have, they have, Android, of now. Like they have Android now. They have
0: Android now. But you're not right. missing out. Now you're not missing out.
1: <laughs> but I think that whether or not it was, you know, whether or not it was a staying power or not, people love to get together, just chat, have that connection and not always be sold to so directly. And I think it was touch. Yeah. whether it will stay around, whether somebody else will do something different. I think that that's what people. Yeah.
0: And there's people that are already ruining Clubhouse anyway, too. I, I went into a- <laughs>
1: Everybody ruins. Give I, anything know, long I,
0: enough, everybody I I ruins I, uh, I had a short. I'm a recovering, you know, clubhouse moderator. So I, I had a short stint of doing a daily clubhouse. Uh, but we did it for too short. We did everything wrong. Like, you know, it's like, we only have like 30 minutes. I can't sit on here for eight hours a day. Like many people that are, you know, making the mega bucks on clubhouse. Uh, I just don't have that kind of time. And so we, we, we shut it down, but I went on there not too long ago and and somebody was, you know, giving sort of adding some value, adding a little bit of value and then saying, you know, go here, follow me there, do this. And here's what I'm going to teach you. And then at the very end, he said, "And by the way, this is a recording." <laughs> and I was like, "I felt like I, <laughs> I felt like I got scammed on Clubhouse. It didn't feel too good." Yeah, well,
1: that's funny. And, and a little scabby, but yeah, that is kind yeah. You know, no,
0: I, good. I love all these topics, and uh, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun talking about this. I mean, so so you know, just kind of to recap, like if you can use technology and automation, do it, but do it right, right. You know, I think that, you know, people are still sending these spammy messages with big sales pitches that are all about me and nothing about you asking for something without giving anything. I don't understand why people are still doing it. There's clearly people that are rewarding that behavior. And if you're one of those people, you need to stop, (laughs) right?
1: I'm, I'm sure that they, I think what happens is, is they say, I'm just going to play the odds. I'll play the numbers. I'll do an exorbitant number. I'll get a very small uh, amount of people. And, you know, and they, they play the odds. Or you get even worse, you get marketing or salespeople or other people that say, We offer this as a service. And then they, all you forget about is the, you say, We're just going to play the odds. We're not going to worry about customer experience. We're not going to worry about their how they fail, what they think. We're just going to see if we can get that small portion of people that will do it. And rather than do that, do a good customer experience. Think about: Do you like getting these messages yourself? Would you respond? If not, what should you do different so that you would respond? And then or start from there. And then say: Now, how do I build a customer experience? So I'll automate the things where I don't care if that's you know that's a good or if that that needs to be human touch. Or hey, I really want to talk with someone. It's like a, you know going back and going off on a slight tangent. When people come in and have a legal problem, they want to talk to an attorney yeah. about their legal problem. They don't want to have a hey. Here's a chat bot that gives you an article that links you to this it tells you about that, and you and you talk with someone that's a, a robot. They say, "No, I want to. I've, I've got a problem. I need a solution. I need someone that knows what they're talking about. I want to talk with them." You can't replace that with automation, and yet you also don't have to every time you talk with them or interact with them spend twenty minutes because then you'll never make any money because you'll be taking too long. So I think that there's that great balance. That yeah,
0: and I, I love that experience. you brought that up because it highly depends on what it is that you do and then there's different types of buyers, right? And buyers are going to come in at different points. You know, maybe they're really stressed out about fixing a particular problem and they want to talk to a human being, right? And 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 we even see this in SaaS because, you know, maybe a buyer has done a lot of research. They've looked at three of your competitors, they've consumed a bunch of your content, they've watched a bunch of stuff on YouTube about what your product can do and that's how they found you as a potential option to solve their problem, but then you make them start Three steps back from where they really are in the buying journey, where they're asked, you know, where they're answering stupid, you know, Bant questions with, you know, an SDR that, you know, doesn't know anything about the product.
1: <laughs> yep. No, and I, I, like I said, when we do, I, and I keep using the same example, we do a strategy meeting. It's just simply just tell us what you want to talk about. You want to talk about patents, trademarks? Give us a one or two sentences. That's it. Now we we at least have a setting, and then we just get on and talk and say, you know, tell us a little about what you have going on. How can we help? What's going on? Let's let's strategize and get or solve your problem. But if you make it so you have you have to take five steps back and you say, I just want to get yeah. to my, my solution. Tell me, or I just need, I don't want to do all this other stuff, and nobody likes doing that. Yeah, so and you
0: see this a lot of with so pricing discussions as well, right? People want to be really guarded with their price until they, you know, qualify you properly.
1: Until like they convince you. Until If I just tell you how great it is, you will forget about No, yeah. nobody's going to forget about the price just because you tell me how great you're at. They still have a budget. They still have to afford it. So that's what, I do the opposite. I, I tell people the price before they ever get in the door. They know when they're coming in. It's all over our website. We have transparent prices. They know what it's going to cost. And then we don't have to worry about that because they're either pre-qualified. They know what we're going to charge. They know if it fits within their budget. If it does, then we have a good conversation. If it doesn't, then we don't have to waste that time because... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And and it really comes down to, you know, the reason for that is is you want quality conversations, not quantity. People, you know, you you yep. you got to realize as, you know, business owner, entrepreneur, somebody in sales, like you don't have time to sit on a bunch of calls with people that aren't, you know, don't have the budget or maybe aren't qualified to to, to work with you. And so if you're a little bit more transparent and and provide more information up front, The people that actually make it through to book a call have a really good understanding of 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 what that relationship might look like. Therefore, they're more qualified.
1: Yep. No, I completely agree. I mean, you can I think people think, oh, if I get twenty, I have to get twenty calls in order to get a client. And they they play the number. So I'm just gonna hurry and do 20 calls. And yet maybe if you scale back to do five calls, but they're all qualified and you get two or three you just got more calls even or more clients even though you've done less work because and it also is kinder to the people that wouldn't have ever been a client now you're not wasting their time trying to give them the 15 minute sales pitch i'll tell you the price at the end of the conversation just hold on and then they get mm-hmm. to the end and say well that was a waste of 15 or 20 minutes i'm never going to go with them again i that's way too expensive and so yeah, i think it's kinder yeah. and, and
0: i know sides. there's there's some you know enterprise SaaS products that pricing is too complex of an answer there's there's definitely some exceptions but there's probably sure. a lo- there's less exceptions than i think a lot of people would like to think
1: everybody wants to be the exception this is what you talk to the like when you talk in my field with the attorneys every i'll always say well, that's a great idea. That's a great software. That's a great plan. And I'm sure it works in every other area of the law, but my area of the law is special. And it's like, everybody thinks they're special. Everybody thinks they're exception. Rather than try and be the exception, why don't you try and be the rule? Because the rule gets a lot more sales and has a lot more. I love
0: that. Uh, Devin, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Any final thoughts for the sales hustlers listening today? Anywhere that you'd like them to follow you or learn more about what you do?
1: Sure. I mean, final thought, we've already covered it. Don't remove the human aspect of your business. Keep it, or if anything, bring it more to the forefront and you can do that through automation. If they want to find out a little bit more about what I do, or if they want to connect up with the legal side of, with Miller IP Law, then your small business startup, patents, trademarks, or anything related to business, they can just go to strategymeeting.com. That links right to my calendar. They can grab a day and time, as I mentioned, where they can schedule some time. We'll chat about what they have on their mind and whether we can help them, what that might look like, and uh, they can go from there. So strategymeeting.com, easiest way. I'm on LinkedIn all over. I love LinkedIn. I don't like all the spammy stuff on LinkedIn, but I think there's still a lot of cool stuff and cool content. So you can just look me up on uh, Devin Miller or Miller IP Law. um, Awesome.
0: We will drop the links for that in the show notes. But now I have to ask, how the heck did you get strategymeeting.com? What an awesome domain. (laughs)
1: You know, it was, it was originally I wanted to do strategy session, and it was like it was like a ten thousand dollar domain. And so I'm like, what are other ways that you can do strategies? What are another way for session? Well, a meeting. And I went and looked in strategymeeting.com. Oh, it was available. Like, oh, it was like eleven bucks. Now, if I'm sure if I were to go, do it, I'm like. Now, you know, that was a few years ago. So, given it, probably not. But I'm like, it was just, it just happened to be one where it didn't have the one that I wanted. So, I went as close as I could. And now I actually like strategy meeting better, even than Somebody forgot sessions. to mark so up the price on that, that one. I guess I can <laughs> <laughs> they marked it up on strategy session, oh, I but I got it. away That's with strategy awesome.
0: uh, All right, Devin, thanks so much. We're going to drop that link and uh, the link to your LinkedIn there in the show notes for any sales hustlers that want to take you up on that strategy session or strategy meeting, strategy meeting uh, strategy or want to follow you on LinkedIn. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode, please, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.